Good morning, church. Glad to see you here uh, with us this morning. We are going to continue in our uh, series called Heart for the Church. And what we've been talking about is we've been interviewing the pastors of Ignite and having them share with us uh, their heart for the church, things that God has been shaping them and, and as they move forward, their, their heart for uh, the church, which is really God's heart for the church. And so uh, today we're going to be uh, interviewing Pastor John Rustin. He's our executive pastor, and he's been on staff now a little over four years. Um, and uh, John has this uh, tremendous ability to take things that don't exist and then make them so they do. Um, he's, he's phenomenal at taking ideas and making them reality. And so it's just a great honor uh, to, to work alongside you and a lot of fun uh, to be able to, to talk with you about um, your heart for the church. And so um, I think we'll just, uh, we'll just jump right in. Um, and, and if you would mm-hmm. share with us, uh, John, what is, what is your heart for the church? Yeah, thank you, Steve, for the opportunity. It's, it's fun to be up here. It's not a place that I often come on a Sunday as far as being up front, so it's nice to be up front with you, uh, spending time sharing my heart. Uh, and Steve, my heart for the church is this, that we would be a church of people who love our neighbor as ourselves. Uh, I just, it's, it's biblical and it's wonderful, um, and, and it's, it's what God calls us to do as mm. followers of him. Um, he, he invites us first to love him, and we're going to talk about that, and then he invites us to love our neighbor as ourself. Hmm. Um, and uh, can, can I start a little bit, just a moment yeah. with you on like the story, like why does this matter to John? Absolutely. Awesome, yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, so when, when my wife and I moved here in 2016 to, to come on staff of Ignite, uh, we, we moved in the beginning part of that year and uh, got our home, uh, moved in, and, and really the next, that, that whole summer, what we experienced was something we've never experienced before. It was just immediately an intentionality from our neighbors coming to us saying, hey, uh, we're so-and-so, it's nice to meet you, glad you guys are here. Um, they, they, they offered some gifts of kindness, they you know, brought something, a baked good or something down to us, um, and then they invited us into just what they did for fun. Um, we ended up going to Glendalow State Park that summer with them at least once, uh, and and then later in the summer, they, they had this time where they kind of tried to gather all the neighbors together for, a, for some food and, and time in the backyard together. And, and, and we were just, we were so blessed to be included into that. Just, it, it's, we moved there and it was like we've always been there. Hmm. Uh, it was really, really impactful. Yeah, neat and rare, I would yeah, say. I yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and, and, and during that time, my wife and I, Christy and I, we, we felt great joy from this, but we also felt some pain. Um, and, and the joy was just the reality of being so included, uh, being chosen to be part of something, the encouragement. Um, but we also, we were able to look back and, and see that our time previously uh, in neighborhood was, was not like this. Hmm. And, and we, had, we, we both felt a conviction of like, man, we missed an opportunity. And, and we missed a, a chance to, to experience this there. And, and we said, and the second part of this was, man, when we, when we came down here, um, we knew you, and we knew the Greshams. We knew nobody else across Fargo-Moorhead at all, really. Uh, and we said, what if this wasn't the way it went? How lonely would it be? Mm. How isolating would it be? How, how much pain would be there or possibly be there because we didn't have people in our lives? Now, obviously, we have the church, and that, that's great, but but we have neighbors around us, and, and what a lonely place to go home and you don't interact with anybody ever hmm. around your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, we're like, man, and, and we realized, and even today, like, is that reality for people? I, I think it is. Yeah. 
People still face that even today and especially probably even today. Uh, mm-hmm. Like We're lonely. We can be isolated. Um, and if we don't have relationships in our neighborhood with people, we really miss out. Mm. Um, and we really, I think we miss the Lord's heart uh, for people when we miss out on that reality. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's really incredible. Yeah, and so you had this, you had this amazing, um, you know, reality for you moving into to mm-hmm. an area. Um, let's let's kind of, you said we're going to, you know, talk about, you know, loving our neighbors and loving the Lord. So let's, mm-hmm. let's, um, let's start kind of with motivation, yeah. right? Like, like for us as followers of Jesus, what is our, what is our motivation to do mm-hmm. something like this mm-hmm. other than like duty, right? Yeah. Cause it's what we're supposed to do. Cause we gotta, we gotta look a certain way. Right. So yeah. like, but, but that only lasts so long in terms of motivation. So mm-hmm. what, what is the big motivator in mm-hmm. all of this? Yeah. Uh, God, he is. <laughs> I mean, God, it's yeah. simple. It's yeah. true, yeah. but it's reality. Uh, and like I say, duty, duty and guilt, they're, they're poor motivators. Uh, they yeah. don't work yeah. long-term. Uh, and neighboring's long-term. This is going to be a long-term thing. Um, but, but I think we need to go all the way back uh, and, and look to God to start. Um, it's not even just us. It's, it's even before that. And so if we go into 1 John 4.19, uh, it says, we can love because he first loved us. Um, so when we were sinners, when we didn't even know what love was, God came to us as we were, where we were, and loved us uh, first. And, and what a gracious, generous God that he would do that and meet us where we were at. Uh, we experienced that when our neighbors came to us the first time. It was an earthly example of a, of a theological truth that God came to us first. Um, and then in, in Luke 10, 27, um, we, we, are, we are called and commanded to love God. Um, and as ourself, uh, sorry, love our neighbor as ourself then. Um, and I want to I read that section for you because this really is, is the, the text for our time together. Um, Jesus is having a conversation with one of the teachers of the day who asked him, how shall I inherit eternal life? Uh, and, and Jesus responded with a question that he so often does and says, well, what's written in the law? And, and the teacher responded, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Uh, And Jesus responded, said, you've answered correctly, do this and you'll live. So do this and you'll have eternal life. Um, And so God invites us, uh, that he's loved us first, he invites us to go to him then, and love him with, with, he gives us four aspects, um, uh, and and those really encompass our whole being. Our our heart, uh, which is where we have our beliefs and our convictions that exist within us, Uh, he invites us to love him with our soul, uh, our spiritual and material being. Uh, he invites us to love him with our strength, our physical bodies, uh, to honor him with that, um, to present them to him, uh, to, to steward them well. Uh, and then he invites us to love him with our mind. Um, and, and, and the way that, the way that we function and, and we, we move from uh, what we know to what we believe to what we do is, is it really starts in our mind. Um, as we clarify and as we pursue Jesus with our inner intellect to understand more of his heart, understand and, and gain intelligence, um, that, that when, we, when we deem it to be true and right through his word, it moves to our heart and becomes convictions. Hmm. And those convictions shape what we then do and how we believe and how we practice what we believe. Um, and, and that becomes then this, this outworking through our strength. Um, and, and this drives then, um, honestly, how we love our neighbor. Um, and so when we allow God to, to work in our hearts, um, he works through our hearts and through our, us to our neighbors and to love them well. 
Um, you, you know, when we, when, we, when we allow them to work in our heart, to love them with our heart, um, we all have these desires. You know, I, I talked about just the reality of loneliness and sadness and isolation yeah. that we all face. Um, and, and, and God uh, has put desires in our heart. You know, Psalm 37, 4 says, uh, delight yourself in the Lord, really loving him and spending time with him, and he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Um, and I used to think that those desires were, were more material, more material things, um, you know, maybe, maybe even a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that we moved, like, we really want a nice house when we move down here. Um, it's, it's those things that, that, yeah, he wants to give us those things, um, but it's, it's deeper and more than that um, that yeah. I've discovered, and I believe this to be true, is, is the desires of our heart are things like we want to be included. Uh, we want to be mm. chosen. Yeah. We want to be blessed uh, by God. We, 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 we have deeper things that only God can truly meet. And to not go to him first to allow those things to be met, we'd be remiss to do that. Uh, we would miss out on his true, pure, and perfect love. Hmm. Um, so when we moved into that, uh, and we love him, and we allow him to fill our desires, to meet our desires, yeah. um, you talk about motives. Um, that makes our motives right. And we can, now that we've loved God with our being, let him meet our desires uh, in only the way he can do uh, we then get to go to our neighbor and love them as ourselves. Hmm. We're not looking for anything from them. Um, we're looking to serve them and to love them because they are our neighbor, uh, not to get something from them. Hmm. Um, people pick out those ulterior motives if we're trying to do something for our good, uh, but it looks like we're trying to help them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. people, people pick that up yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a thing, right? Yeah. Um, and as followers of Jesus, we have the ultimate motive that they would know, that they would know God that they would go to him uh, with their desires and follow Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Yeah. Um, and, and that is our ultimate motive uh, yeah. as a follower of Christ. The co-mission with Jesus hmm. is to do that. Yeah, um, so our, our greatest desire then would be for them to, that they would experience the same joy yeah. that we have. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you were just saying, I just think so often, how, how often do we as people say, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And we go, I want the desire of my heart because I want this because it'll fulfill a deeper Yeah deeper longing, right? I want Absolutely. the jet ski, I want the house, I want the mm-hmm. job, I want the whatever, because I think this is what's going to be yep. satisfying long-term, and mm-hmm. what you're saying yeah. is something radically different, and that is yeah. delighting in Jesus, and mm-hmm. He is the one who gives yep. us those things. Yeah, it's always yeah. a much deeper level. Um, yeah. and, he does that, doesn't he? He does, Yeah, he does, and it's good, and it's hard, but it's really good mm. when, we, when we let Jesus fulfill the desires that we have, and understanding what those desires are. Yeah. Uh, it radically changes us. It transforms us. Yeah. Yeah, so God loves us. Mm-hmm. We love him back. Mm-hmm. And in that, the overflow then comes to loving. We love out of the overflow of that relationship. Yep. That's what I'm hearing you say. Is yeah. That, right? Yes. Is that, okay. okay. Yep. Yep. I'll make sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. People, people are not projects. People are people to be loved as we are loved. Yes. Yep, hmm. we love them because we're loved, not to yeah. earn love. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. So, so we have this, this big overarching motivation, right? This 40,000 foot, the God of the universe loves us. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, and, and we are to love him back. And so, that, so let's, let's bring it down a little bit. So if we're at 40,000 feet, we're going to land the plane and you know, walk on the ground. If we're, we're going to get down a little bit closer where we start seeing the buildings mm-hmm. um, as we fly over, start more details, principles, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we're, let's move into loving your neighbor as yourself. 
yeah. as you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, your heart is that people love their neighbor as themselves. Let's talk about what are some good principles to know um, about uh, loving your neighbor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think principles yeah. are so important because principles can transcend context. So no matter what neighborhood we're in, whether yeah. it's here, whether it's on the East Coast, West Coast, um, whether it's in a different setting of demographics, old, young, different ethnicities, principles transcend. Sure. Um, and so they become yeah. really important to, to take hold of those first. Um, and so, yeah, I got a handful of principles that I've learned from my neighbors uh, that I've been able to witness and observe from them uh, and that I've read about and that I've experienced in practice too. Yeah. Um, and the first principle is this. It has to start with prayer. Hmm. It just has to. Um, we are invited by God to be part of his mission, um, and, and he plays a part in this, and we have to include him and ask him to help us as we serve and love other people. So it starts with prayer. Um, second thing, it's, it's going to take time. Uh, hurried people that are so busy, they can't love people well. Mm. Um, and, and if we have a very short view of this, if we think it's just going to be done in, in a month and we've done a good job loving our neighbor, I, I think we've missed the, the reality that this is a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. We have to take the long view, and it's going to take time, and it's worth it. Yeah. Um, small steps. Uh, don't take big steps. Big steps create concern uh, and fear and weirdness. Uh, take small steps. Just the next small step that you can take along the way, um, take that small step. Um, be consistent. Be faithful. Uh, but don't be overbearing to your neighbor. Uh, don't knock on their door every day. That would be weird, uh, possibly. Don't do that. Um, and then, and just like the reality of the, the relational levels that exist in neighborhoods, um, there's really a stranger level. Like we hardly know each other at all. Don't know your name. You don't know my name. There's the acquaintance level. We, we know just a little bit about each other. And then there's really the friendship level where um, we, we do things together. We spend time together. We like a lot of the same things. We're friends. Um, those levels will exist in neighborhoods almost all the time um, because people come, people go, uh, people don't want you in their life sometimes. Um, yeah. that, that's reality. They're, they're, yeah. For whatever reason, they're, they're afraid um, and, and they don't want you in their life. Um, people, people have a lot of other friends and, and they don't need friends from their neighborhood. Uh, sometimes that's how people are and that's okay too. So Big principle here, not everybody's going to be your friend. There's going to be varying degrees of relationships, and that's okay. That's okay in a neighborhood setting. Um, and then the final thing that I really want people to remember is that um, it is critical to understand the reality that, that how to love your neighbor is not just physically meeting a need. It's not just, like, not just raking the lawn. Um, when you're in a neighborhood and, and you're in it for the long haul and as you continue to, to deepen relationships with neighbors, you start getting a chance to really uh, love them into the, the relational realm, um, being a friend for them maybe, um, the, the spiritual realm. Um, you get to pray for them uh, earnestly sometimes. You get to answer hard questions that they might have. Um, you might get to witness to them and share the gospel and the good news with them, um, their hope and their joy that they can find in the Lord. Um, and then, and then you, you get to sometimes just be an emotional uh, support for them, uh, especially in a time of isolation and pain uh, and you know, loss of family member. You just get to be there for them. You just yeah. get to walk with them. Um, and, and, and those are the principles at play here yeah. that exist that, that we should remember first and foremost. Yeah, I think that's so good because that can happen in a dorm room, in an apartment complex, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a townhome, in a house. Yep. Um, all, those, all those things 
really mm-hmm. can um, play themselves out. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. So you you mentioned something. I want to talk a little bit more. You, you mentioned uh, you know like the neighborhood and the levels of relationship and stranger acquaintance friendship kind of levels. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about those uh, things. How do you go from you know stranger to acquaintance acquaintance? You know like those yeah. the, like how do we walk through being a good neighbor in each of those mm. levels of relationship, if you will? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Yeah. So stranger acquaintance friendship. Um, you know, each one has. I think markers along the way that, that, that we should identify and things that we can do. Uh, and, and so a stranger level really is uh, very one-sided. It, it's okay. me being very intentional, going to my neighbor, uh, expecting nothing in return at all. Uh, not that we should anyway necessarily, we're loving them because they are our neighbor, uh, but, but they won't probably reciprocate right away. And that's okay, that's appropriate. Um, and so I think some, some practical steps when you're at a stranger level is, uh, number one, you pray. Um, Picking up on a pattern here. Yeah, there's a pattern. Number uh, one, you pray. You pray. Got it. And in a lot of ways, you, you pray for yourself, and you pray for courage to go to, go to your neighbor. Yeah. It can be hard. It can be daunting to want to actually go to your neighbor. Um, it's not an easy thing to do that. And mm-hmm. so, number one, you pray. Uh, number two, uh, you introduce yourself. You actually go to your neighbor. You take that first small step. Introduce yourself. Um, if... Uh, if, you know, some people, they might just go up and knock on a door. I don't know if I would maybe do that, but if I did, I would probably bring something to give them. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they might think you're selling something and you have wrong motives. Yeah. And we talked about motivation and, and the perception of that motive uh, can be reality. Um, and so, but introduce yourself. Say, hey, I'm John. I live across the street. Um, I just wanted to meet you and let you know uh, I'm here. And uh, I'm glad you are too. Hmm. Um, and then you, you, you remember and so when you meet somebody, uh, probably the most valuable thing you can do right away is you remember their name. Yeah. Um, there is so yeah. much value conveyed when you can talk to them again and say, hey, Jamie, it's good to see you. And they'll be like, oh, you remembered my name. I've experienced this so many times um, when, when you can remember somebody's name, they feel loved, just in a very small thing. And so yeah. one practical piece of advice uh, that is almost weird but not quite is you say their name in conversation with them until it's almost ridiculous, uh, but it isn't quite. Yeah. So, so if I meet you, like Steve, nice. To, uh, I'm John. Nice to meet you. And you're like, ah, oh, my name's Steve. Steve, it's good to meet you. So, tell me a little bit about yourself, Steve. And you just start using this name constantly in conversation. It mm. helps put it into your mind and your memory. Mm. Um, so that's remember. Yeah. And then, I think that's a really good idea, John. Thanks, Steve. I think it's a really good idea too. <laughs> yeah. He's picking up on this. He's a good student. Uh, and then you write. And so what I mean by this is, is you, you create a block map. So okay. put yourself in the middle in your home, okay. um, and then around it, you, you draw out the homes around you. And mm. as you get to know the people around you, you've introduced yourself, you know their name, write their names down. Uh, and, then you, and then you start being able to write more information down about them. Um, and this isn't creepy or weird. This is an actual outflowing of love. Like, I care about this person. I'm going to spend time thinking about them and, and understanding who they are. And uh, as you move from stranger to acquaintance, you're going to have more things to write down, uh, more important things to write down, like their name, um, maybe what they like to do for fun, uh, who's their family members, those things. Those are important to remember. Mm. And the best way to start remembering them is to write them down and put it on paper. Yeah. And that'll cement it into your mind. Yeah. That also, I, was, I would imagine, also makes really good prayer points. 
yes for people, right? Yes. Like, so I can pray specifically for this person because mm-hmm. I know a little bit more yep. Absolutely uh, about does. them. Yeah, it becomes more relational, it becomes more intentional, uh, and more opportunity to serve them at, a, at a, even a greater capacity. Hmm. Um, and so as you get to know that, you get to start moving into this, really, this acquaintance level um, where you start learning more about them. Um, and the first thing you do in the acquaintance level is you pray for them. You pray for them now by name. You, get, you, you know their name. There's something more, I think, more powerful, uh, at least for us, to pray by name for somebody. Mm, yeah. it, it, it's, it's a more close, uh, yeah. endearing prayer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you pray for them. Um, and the second thing that you do is you uh, offer. You offer of yourself to them. You say, hey, um, look, uh, if you need help with anything, I'd love to help you. Let me help you out. Just let me know if you've got a need, and, and I'll meet that need. I'll, I'll come take care of it, work on it with you, hmm. um, that kind of thing. And that can be, you know, that can be anything, uh, whatever yeah. that thing is. Um, and, and something you and I talked about, uh, it just, we've talked about it a few times, is the reality that, that Midwesterners, we love to help. Yeah. Um, and so if you actually ask somebody else to help you, uh, you create a really a two-way opportunity for them to, to actually ask you to help them back. And they feel wanted, they feel loved, they right. feel included into something, which is a desire that we yeah. have. And so when you ask them to help you, uh, they want to come back uh, and ask you to help them over time too, very likely. Mm-hmm. And this has played out so much in our neighborhood because we're Midwestern people and we want to help, and, and that's how we express love yeah. a yeah. lot of times. It's, it's yeah, we often don't want to be a burden on somebody, but we love being asked. Yes, right, absolutely. And so um, that would be, yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. And, and then invite. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's things that I like to do, and, and I want to invite my neighbors in to do those things with me. Uh, it's just a simple invitation. Hey, you want to come play yard games tonight with us? Um, and then I think even, too, finding the things that they like to do uh, and, and not inviting yourself into them with them, because that can be a little bit overbearing, but uh, saying, hey, uh, it looks like you, know, you guys are out playing baseball all the time in your yard. You want to catch a Red Hawks game sometime? That might yeah. be really fun. Uh, so you're finding the things that they like to do, and trying to spend time together. Hmm. So this acquaintance relationship is, is you're still kind of the intentional driver of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have to probably keep making the moves, if you will, but you're going to start seeing some reciprocation. It's going to become a little bit more two-sided than one-sided. Um, yeah, it's yeah. really neat. That's cool. So, we, you know, so now we're moving deeper into kind of more of a friendship mm-hmm. uh, level. Let's talk a little bit about that. for. Yeah, absolutely. For um, you pray. <laughs> so you really do. But when you move to a friendship level, uh, people are going to share things with you that, that sometimes you didn't expect, yeah. uh, you, you weren't planning on. Uh, but what they're doing is they're inviting you into their life because they care about you. And so you get some really incredible opportunities to pray earnestly for somebody, to pray a very serious things. Um, and, and they've invited you in their spiritual life in a lot of ways then too. Um, and so you start with prayer, and that's really good. Uh, the second thing I think that is just really fun as you become more friendly, uh, more friends, more united as a neighborhood is, is you celebrate things. Uh, so you, you just, all, all you have to do is pull out your calendar, um, find the th- different events that, that you can celebrate. In America, we, we find things to celebrate here. And so uh, our neighborhood just celebrated Easter uh, together. We, we did some fun things for the kids, some fun activities, spent some time together. It was cold. It was great. Um, we had fun. We celebrated. Yeah. Um, and when you do things together, that builds uh, relational capital builds trust together. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's, that's really fun. Yeah. Well, that's that, this is there's a lot here, a lot of different practical things, but this is really really good. And so, um, so God loves us. Mm-hmm. We love Him back, mm-hmm. and out of that, we can love our neighbors. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. 
Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Uh, you know, in the in the just a got a, just a little bit left uh, of time. Um, just is there anything that that you want to share in terms of like a story uh, of you know how this has played itself out or something that you have mm. you know some way this has blessed you by by mm-hmm. living this out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've uh, you know what we've done last year, especially last year, we we started hosting these block parties um, in, in our neighborhood and. And um, we, we watched people kind of come out of the woodwork, if you will, a little bit. Um, and we watched people connecting with other people. And all of a sudden, you see neighbors talking in their backyards together that you didn't see before. Uh, and so just by simply saying, hey, we're going to get together, we're going to have some food um, and, and you know, bring some to share, uh, you start seeing just very, very much acquaintances being made in our neighborhood. Yeah. And for Chris and I, that's just that's really powerful. And it really means a lot to us because... We, we think being in a relationship with people is, is vital and critical, um, and, and it's fun to watch people, people do that. Yeah. Um, and we've had, you know, we've had very great opportunities um, to, to move into a spiritual realm with people, to pray for them, yeah. um, to, to kind of resource them in, in different areas where they might be having hardship, um, to, as best we can, answer hard questions that they have about life and death, and, and they're like, I, you know, I'm not sure about this, and, and this happened, and, and we'll, Man, what does what does the Bible say about that? Like we've had those conversations mm. um, because of this, and 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 that all of that is fun, all of that is meaningful, and all of that shows love to our neighbor, yeah, as ourself. Wow, that's cool. Well, John, can you thank you so much uh, mm-hmm. for for your time this morning? Um, can you can you just pray for us as a church, uh, yeah. and then uh, we'll close up our time. I'd love so, to. Thank okay. you, Steve. Yeah, now, let's pray. Uh, God, thank you for this time. Uh, first, we want to thank you for who you are. Thank you for um, loving us, and through that love, you taught us how to love others, um, and you invited us to love you back uh, in return. And so, God, today, uh, I pray for, for Steve and I, and I pray for all of us uh, who are part of this time, uh, God, that, that we would come to you first with our desires, um, that, we would, that we would love you with our heart and our soul and our strength and our mind well, um, that you may be more uh, more in our lives than you ever have been, uh, and that you meet us where we're at. We know that you will. Uh, and so change our hearts, change our minds with, with meeting our desires. Uh, and God, I, pr- I pray for courage for all of us, that we would, we would look outside of ourselves uh, as you filled us and, and, and see the people around us as people to love, uh, not projects, but people to love uh, as you've loved them. Uh, give us boldness. Uh, give us wisdom in how we navigate these relationships. Help us do our part, uh, but not overdo it, God. Um, and, and walk with us, and let us walk with you. Uh, let us take the long view here of the people around us um, before they're good. Uh, and God, may you, may you call people to yourself. May you, you give us great reason to celebrate as people come to know you, as they choose to follow you, as they choose to let you meet their desires as well, just like you met ours. Um, may we tell of your love well. And God, um, I just pray a blessing for the people uh, watching this. Um, thank you, Father. Thank you for the truth of your word and the goodness of it and, and just the example that you've given us in Jesus Christ, uh, our author, our perfecter of our faith, uh, our redeemer, and our hope and our joy. Uh, God, we love you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, John. You're welcome. Thank you, Steve.